Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiruhu Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina Wa min sayyiyati a'malina Man yahdihillahu falamudillala Wa man yudlil falahadiyala Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Ya ayyuhalladzina amanu attaqullah Ittaqullaha haqqa tuqatih Ya ayyuhalladzina amanu attaqullah Ittaqullaha haqqa tuqatih Wala tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Amma ba'du fa inna asdaqal hadithi kitabullah Wa khayral hadhi hadhi muhammad Sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار ثم أما بعد After the completion of the month of Ramadan the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have an opportunity to analyze themselves and analyze their Ramadan were their objectives met? Or did they fall short? Where did they excel in? And where did they stumble across? How did you find the month of Ramadan? And I'm not referring to the acts of worship in the month of Ramadan. I'm not referring to the salah, the siyam, the qiyam al-layl, the charity that we gave the acts of generosity that we displayed to all. But I'm referring to something else. Something which a number of scholars actually mention opens our eyes and makes us understand that Ramadan is in fact a very depressing month. A very depressing month. Yes, it's the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, it's a month where the doors of Jannah were open and the doors of Jahannam were closed and the shayateen were chained and locked up and we've heard this a number of times over and over again. But it was a very depressing month. Why? Because in Ramadan, whilst the shayateen were chained and locked up, <coughs> we still continued to sin. We still continue to sin. So Ramadan shows us that we ourselves have become a shaitan for our own selves. Ramadan shows us that our soul has become so wretched in the sight of Allah <coughs> that even though the shayateen are chained and locked up, all of them, our soul has become accustomed to sin. <coughs> that it continues to sin in the month of Ramadan. So after Ramadan has gone by, and the days of Ramadan have come to an end. <coughs> we have a chance to analyze Ramadan, analyze ourselves, where did we fall short in terms of the sins that we continue to do? Where did we fall short? Where did we stumble? Which sins did we continue to do in a month whereby it was easy for us not to sin? And why did we continue to do those sins? As we learn from the hadith of Ibn Abbas, the Prophet mentions that every son of Adam has a sin that will last with him, that will fight with him, that will continue with him until he dies. 
perhaps Ramadan has opened the door for us to know which sins are with us. Which sins are our friends? Which sins do we need to make sure that we overcome, especially these ones? Because in a month with the shayateen are chained and locked up, we are vulnerable to these sins. So look back upon the month of Ramadan. Not necessarily, not necessarily to your ibadat, to your actions that were actions of glory. But look back to where you fell. Look back to how you stumbled. Look back to how you tripped over. Look back to the sins that you continue to do in the month of Ramadan. And how now you're going to overcome them. Because sometimes when a person is lost in his sin, he's unable to find out, he's unable to distinguish between himself and the sin. He doesn't know that he's doing the sin because he's become so accustomed to it. Look back to Ramadan and see where you fell, see where you sinned. And if it is not enough for us to know that Allah Jalla sees us and He hears us and He knows about all of our situations. And if it is not enough that on Yawm Al-Qiyam will be raised up in front of Allah Jalla and will be held accountable for all of the sins that we used to do because we hear this over and over again. Umar bin Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an under his khilafah. He found that a number of people in the marketplace were mixing milk with water so as to make it look like they had more milk to sell. So he prohibited every single merchant, every single tajir, every single business person to mix water with milk. Until one day as he was roaming the streets of Medina, him and his companions, he heard an old man tell his daughter to mix the water with the milk so as to increase the proportion of milk. So she said to him, have you not heard that the Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar bin Khattab, Radiallahu ta'ala has prohibited us to do this. Do you not know this is some type of ghish, some type of cheating? He said, but where is Umar bin Khattab? He's not here, he can't see us. She replied, saying, In kana Umar la yarana. If Umar can't see us, then Allah Jalla wa'ala sees us. If Umar can't see us, then Allah Jalla wa'ala sees us. If this is not enough for us to stop and prevent ourselves from sinning, that knowing that Allah Jalla wa'ala sees us and He hears us, and he knows about our situation, then perhaps we can take heed from the effects that sins have upon the slave of Allah in the dunya. Because sins, oh brothers or sisters in Islam, is not just something that will affect your akhirah. It's not just something that will help you or rather punish you in the akhirah. But sins affect every single one of us in the dunya before the next life. In this world before the next life. Ibn Qayyim ta'ala, he authors a book where he discusses sins and his effects of sins in the dunya before the akhirah. So if we are of a people who now become so accustomed to sin that we forget about the akhirah, let us look back to Ramadan, look at the times we used to sin and implement these effects of sinning on these sins so that we can let go of them in time. Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala says while discussing the effects of sin in the dunya before the akhirah and he says the first of them and the greatest of them is that, is that it deprives the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from all forms of knowledge of the akhirah all terms of knowledge from, the, from, from Islam 
So he walks upon this earth completely ignorant, not knowing about Allah, not knowing about his messenger, not knowing about the deen of Allah, not knowing about the sharia, not knowing about anything Allah calls to in this dunya. He prays his salah, making mistakes from the beginning till the end. He gives zakat in wrong situations, calculating it incorrectly. Not only that, but knowledge is taken away from him. So if he learned, if he memorized the Quran, if he memorized the Sunnah, if he went and searched for ilm, for knowledge, and learned knowledge, he'll forget knowledge. In fact, why has it become such that so many of us, old in our age, even though we've had every single opportunity to learn the Quran and to recite the Quran, we're still unable to do so. We're still unable to learn to recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala correctly. Even though masajid upon masajid upon masajid, mosques upon mosques upon mosques have opened the doors to free Quranic classes. But still we are unable to recite the book of Allah jalla Still we are able to recite the words of Allah correctly, making mistakes from the beginning until the end. Why is this the case? Because one of the reasons, the effects of sin upon the slave of Allah is Allah doesn't just withhold knowledge from the slave of Allah, but he prevents sin entirely from taking it. And if he finds that a person is knowledgeable, he removes knowledge from him entirely. This is now one of my companions, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he complained to him that he forgot some surah from the Quran. The Prophet said to him, do not say you forgot, say you were made to forget. Do not say you forgot the Qur'an, say you were made to forget the Qur'an. When a person sins, the effects of sin is that Allah no longer wants to give him the light of knowledge. For knowledge is light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu waliyu alladheena amanu yukhrijuhum min al-dhulumati ila al-nur waladheena kafaru awliyahum al-taghut Allah says. Allah is our friend, is our helper, is our provider. He takes us out from the darkness of this world, from the darkness of ignorance, and gives us the light of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Islam will not be given to you, the light of Islam will not be given to us if we continue to sin. So Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, when he was teaching a Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala, he said to him, Inni ara Allah qad alqa ala qalbika nura that I feel as if though Allah Jalla wa'ala has given you the light of Islam, the light of knowledge. Because knowledge is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's light from Allah and it's not bestowed upon the heart that is dark. When one of the Salaf found it difficult in the later stages of his life to continue memorizing the Quran or he found that he was forgetting many things from the Sunnah. He approached his teacher, Al-Waqeer. And he says, Shakautu ila waqeerin su'a hifdi fa'arshadani aw fa'awsani bitarkil ma'asi fa'inna li'ilma nurun min ilahi wa nurullahi la yu'ta li'asi. He said, I went to Waqeer, my teacher, to complain to him about the weakness of my memorization. I find as if though his, his knowledge was taken away, he's forgetting things. Fa'awsani bitarkil ma'asi. So he advised me to leave sinning. Because knowledge is from the light of Allah Jalla wa'ala and is not bestowed upon the hearts of sinners. <coughs> oh brothers or sisters in Islam, if year by year by year we make intentions to become readers of the Qur'an, eloquent readers of the Qur'an, or those who have memorized the Qur'an, 
or those who understand its sciences. But still we are able to do so is because of a sin that we have. Which sins? Ramadan has showed us those sins. A blessing in disguise about the month of Ramadan is that it highlights to us where we have become accustomed to sin. Which sins have overcome our hearts entirely. Allah Jalla wa'ala says, Allah Jalla says, Nay, but their hearts have a run over them. They have a run over them. They have a covering of sin so great. So great. Because of what they used to do. Because of what they used to do. And this covering of sin is so great that it confuses us. It diverts us away from the Sirat al-Mustaqim. It is a reason why Allah takes away knowledge from us entirely. From the effects of sin that Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentions that the slaves will fight in the dunya before the akhirah is that it deprives the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from provision. It deprives him from provision. If we are those that are currently looking for work and we find that we are not able to find a suitable form of work or we are mashallah in a very good job and we find that uh, our employers are giving us a large amount of money but still we find as if though we not satisfied. The money has no barakah, the money has no blessing. Even though we're giving 2,000, 3,000 more a month. We find we still need more. We find we're still spending more than our income. It's because of the sins that we have in this dunya. For the sins that we have in this dunya deprive the slave of Allah from provisions in the dunya. And it makes every form of money that he earns have no blessing at all whatsoever such that the person who is on peanuts on peanuts saves more money than a person who is on millions because the one who has nothing at all has saved himself from sin so Allah gives him blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing he's able to feed his family a large family on small forms of money on very few amount of pounds here and there he finds that Allah grants him all these forms of discounts in the dunya. He's the first to find everything. Blessings upon blessings upon blessings. Because he protected himself from sin. The Prophet said, Indeed, there is a person in this world, there are people in this world that Allah prevents and makes risk provisions haram for them. Due to them looking and searching for sin. The effects of sin in the dunya, oh brothers and sisters in Islam, is that the money that we gain, the money that we have in our bank accounts, our jobs that we currently work, we'll find no barakah in it at all. That even though we may be earning large, large thousands, thousands of pounds, there'll be no blessing in it at all whatsoever. Deprived from true, true provisions. For provisions are in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From amongst the effects of sinning in the dunya before the akhirah, as Ibn Qayyim mentions, is that sinning alienates a person from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it alienates him from his family, his wife and his children. And it alienates him from everything, possession of the dunya that he already has. What does this mean? He begins by saying, sins alienate a person from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And perhaps if we contemplate and ponder about the actions of Ramadan that we used to do, can we still do it now? Can we still stand up for an hour and a half every night after Isha? Can we still fast every single day? Can we still give hundreds of tens of pounds every night in Ramadan? Can we still make dua every single day? Or do we find it hard upon our body and hard upon our soul? In fact, let me give you another comparison. How many of us can watch a football match for 90 minutes or even a cricket match for half a day? And we find no hardship upon our body or hardship upon our soul. But can we listen to a talk or read Quran for half an hour continuously without any interruption? Can we stand up in prayer in the masjid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or in our homes in Qiyam al-Layl or Tahajjud for an hour or half an hour or even half the amount of time it takes to watch a football match or a cricket match? We can't. And the reason why we can't <laughs> and this Ibn Qayyim mentions is perhaps if this was the only effect of sin in the dunya then it's the most important and the most greatest effect a person can have frightening the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the reason we can't is because sins have clouded our hearts to the extent <laughs> that ibadah, worship has become difficult for us <laughs> worship has become difficult for us <laughs> The Prophet would call Bilal, Ya Bilal, Arihna Bil Adan, Ya Bilal. Oh Bilal, call the Adan and allow us to rest in the Adan. The Sahaba, the Anbiya of Allah, they found rest and peace. They found contentment in their Salah, contentment in worship, contentment in standing up and their feet becoming sore, contentment in staying away from food and drink every single day. The reason why they found contentment is because they were people who didn't use to sin. Rahman bin Affan, radiallahu ta'ala anhu used to say, لو طهر, لو طهرت قلوبكم ما شبعتم من كلام الله عز وجل If our hearts become pure, if your hearts become pure, we won't become bored with the recitation, with the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But our hearts are corrupt. Our hearts have a covering over them, this rag, a covering over them, a covering of sin. And due to this, we have alienated ourselves <coughs> From Allah Jalla wa'ala. And everything that pleases Allah becomes difficult upon us and becomes as if though it's a huge weight recurring upon our shoulders. Our connection of Allah is deteriorating. And no longer are we people who find peace and contentment in their ibadah. He says, Rahimahullah ta'ala, that he alienates a person with his Lord. And then he alienates a person with his family members, his wife and his children, and the possessions of this world, his home and his cars and everything else. What does he mean by this? He says, and the scholars explain, that when a person sins, the effects the sins have upon the person in the dunya is that it tarnishes a relationship. It breaks relationships. It destroys relationships that are built upon love. <coughs> Every relationship you can think about in this world that is a relationship that will bring you close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sins will begin to destroy it. A person is married to his wife, and this nikah that he has with his wife 
is a nikah built upon the sharia of Allah Jalla wa'ala. Built upon coming close to Allah Jalla wa'ala for nikah is half of iman. And if he finds himself sinning, as the Salaf used to say, whenever I sin, I used to go home and they would find arguments, they would find problems with their wives, problems with their children, problems with their beasts, their animals. Because everything, every relationship in this dunya based upon the sharia of Allah, based upon the rahmah, the mercy of Allah, if a person sins, the rahmah of Allah will come to an end for that particular benefit that he has in the dunya. And this is why you find in today's day and age, the percentage of divorce is so high and so great due to the fact that all of us are sick. We go home and we argue with our wives nearly every single day. Our children no longer obey us. They disobey us every single command we tell them to do. Every form, every position of dunya we're losing. We're losing our homes, we're losing our properties. We're losing everything because sins have overcome us and it alienates a person with Allah Jalla wa'ala and all of the things of this dunya relationships with his spouse, relationships with his children, relationships with parents, relationships with their homes and cars and their friends and every single part of this dunya that is built upon the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Know a brother or sister in Islam if you go home and you start an argument for no reason and perhaps we can testify to it. Sometimes there is no reason for us to argue, but an argument just breaks out. Sometimes our cars do not start for no reason. Sometimes we begin to lose drastic amounts of money. Sometimes our children for some reason, no reason at all, they disobey us, they make us angry. We feel agitated, we feel angry, upset with ourselves for no reason at all. Yes, there is a reason. And that reason is that we've sinned. That reason is that sins have overcome us. We conclude, inshallah ta'ala, even though Ibn Qayyim mentions a number of more points of the effects of sins in the dunya before the akhirah. He says, Rahimallah ta'ala, that from the effects of sins in the dunya upon the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that the heart becomes corrupt to the extent that no longer does it know what is right and what is wrong. And the actions of the hearts diminish until a person no longer has trust in Allah, no longer has hope in Allah, no longer can find mercy in Allah, no longer has fear of Allah, no longer loves Allah, and no longer loves anything to do with the dunya that Allah has placed that has an eminence of the akhirah. He forgets the dunya, he forgets the akhirah completely. He forgets Allah completely. His heart completely dies. The Prophet said, Allah, وَإِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ مُضْرَى إِذَا صَلَحَتْ صَلَحَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّ وَإِذَا فَسِدَتْ فَسِدَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّ أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبِ He says, that indeed there is a morsel of flesh in our bodies. If it is pure, everything else will be pure. But if it becomes corrupt, Everything else will become corrupt. Allah, I swear to you, it is the heart. When a person sins, the effect the sin has is directly upon the heart. But as the Prophet ﷺ has informed us, 
every time a person sins, Allah places a black dot on his heart. A black dot on his heart. And the more we sin, even being the same sin over and over again, the more we sin, the more black dots are placed on our hearts. The more black dots are placed on our hearts. The more black dots are placed on our hearts until there comes a time where our hearts are covered in complete darkness. And what does that mean? The heart dies before the body dies. Which means you no longer see Islam, you no longer are able to distinguish between right and wrong. How many of us continue to sin with the shayateen which ain't locked up? Is this not a sign that our hearts are already black? Is this not a sign that our hearts have already become corrupted? Is this not a sign? Then what is a sign? How many of us continue to sin in the month of Ramadan? Where all of the shayateen were chained and locked up. What other message do we need to mention? For us all, myself included. That our hearts have become corrupt or they're on the way for corruption. Our hearts are on the way towards corruption. There will come a time if we continue upon this path. We will lose Islam altogether. Because our hearts will be completely darkened, completely darkened, completely darkened. Due to the ethics of sin. And once that happens, we've lost our akhirah entirely. We've lost our akhirah entirely. The reason why we have such a large population of people of Muslims across the world now leaving Islam is because they fell into sin and their sin continued, continued, continued until their hearts became completely dark, overcome with sin. And they lost their collection of Allah Jalla wa'ala. They lost the rahmah Allah Jalla wa'ala gave them in terms of Islam. And they left the deen of Allah Jalla wa'ala. Leaving Islam due to a sin that was done over and over again. Oh brother, oh sister in Islam. If the reminders of Allah Jalla wa'ala seeing us and hearing us and knowing us and knowing about our details and our actions and the very fact that on Yawm Al-Qiyamah will be held accountable by Allah Jalla wa'ala and we have to speak in front of him I will be asked about all of these sins that we used to do if this, that, if that, if this information is not enough. Then think about your dunya before the akhirah. Think about this world. Think about how sin will affect each and every single one of us. Ramadan was a very depressing time. But it's a blessing in the sense that now we know where we fall short. We know which sins have overcome us. We know which sins have taken over our hearts completely. So these are the sins we need to aim our weapons against. These are the sins we need to fight towards, fight against. These are the sins we need to pull, we need to pull the trigger against. These are the sins we need to make our fortress against and fight against them with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah Jalla wa'ala to make us of those who meet him absolutely sinless. We ask Allah Jalla wa'ala to make us of those who can overcome our sins. We ask him subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us a pure, contented, white heart in his mercy subhanahu wa ta'ala. I call it for the wa astaghfirullah wa lakum wa lisa'il muslimin fa'astaghfiru inna Allah ta'ala ghafurullah.
Due to a lack of time, we continue, we conclude the khutbah, inshallah ta'ala. So asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who can always remember him in this dunya and in the akhara. And to allow us to continue our act of worship in Ramadan in the months outside of Ramadan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send peace and blessings upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask him wa to raise our station in this dunya. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those that he loves, those that he yearns to meet, those who he continues to have mercy over and over again. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to close our hearts, not to engulf them in complete darkness, but to leave our hearts white and content in his mercy. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give Muslims victory across the entire world. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to pray our salah in Palestine without any fear. We ask Allah jalla wa'ala to send peace and blessings upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad kama salli ala Ibrahim wa ala Ibrahim al-Tahmeed al-Majid. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad kama barak ala Ibrahim wa ala Ibrahim al-Tahmeed al-Majid. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa ala Ibrahim al-Tahmeed al-Majid.